0: Welcome to the Red Pill Training Podcast, brought to you by James Jowsey Training, Free Physiotherapy and the Mansfield Sports Institute. Gemma, James and Phil, delivering topical podcasts on fitness, nutrition, health, lifestyle, training and sports. Good afternoon, Jowsey. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you, Philip. Mm. Philip? Philip. It's not often I get called Philip. Philip, it's interesting. I only ever grandmother only ever called me Philip when I was yeah. in trouble. Yeah. So whenever I hear Philip you just think, have bad thoughts. I think oh I feel guilty. What has he done? <laughs> what has my brother done and blame me for now? <laughs> <laughs> um cool topic we got today.
1: Yeah, a very current topic. Oh well it was earlier in the year especially
0: controversial topic well, i think uh, especially where Wait, it shouldn't be controversial shouldn't be controversial well let's, let's see, see what we think, think. let's yeah. see let's see where it goes um so we're discussing uh, drugs in sport the illegal variety yeah. um, and not the recreational illegal variety the performance enhancing variety and um we are having a discussion there's uh, not so much to learn. It's opinion-based. It's what you think. It's what I think. Um, we might not agree. We might agree. Yeah. Um, and I think we've been... It's something I'm asked all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, especially in cycling.
0: Yeah, working inside cycling. Yeah. It's a question I'm, I'm often asked and often... Um, yeah often pressed on so the easiest way to answer it and sort of come over is, is, to, is to, to do a podcast yeah. and get our views out there and um, initiate some discussion perhaps
1: oh yeah it's, I suppose the thing with your sport is it's not been helped by its past it hasn't no uh, and the riders that came before it so now it's just well they did it in the past so they're all still still dirty now or are they can you uh Yes. I don't think so. I mean, of course, of course,
0: you can't. We don't know the individual riders what they're doing out there. We don't. We're not in their homes with them in the evenings. I mean, my riders, I am. <laughs> I yeah. know what they're doing. But but in terms of sitting with them every day, every minute of every day, we, we you know we can't be sure. And and that's the unfortunately. I mean, that's where Team Sky and and Froome and, and the the sort of pillars and the pioneers of our sport at the moment. Yeah. Are trying to give as much access to them to themselves, and trying to give as much access to their data and other, th- and other yeah. things to to try and discourage that. Which uh, is it's fantastic, a, yeah. Which is which is how it should be. Uh, of course, it should be. Um, transparency is, is everything. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so much to discuss, but I, I think what we are seeing now is we're seeing that the, the last many Tour de Frances have been the slowest. You know, we we're seeing an uh, another type of bike racing yeah you know the the characteristics of the tour if we use that as our primary example as the yeah. as the the sort of gold standard in for cycling is the tour of course and and you are seeing slower tours and you're seeing them race differently um the, hey, the, the, when you say race differently in what what way well uh, the, the tours of yesteryear were arguably more exciting yeah. uh, not for me uh, personally i love the way uh the science behind the way team sky are racing now um, and those that are sort of out there saying it's a boring way of racing it's just because they're not haven't been smart enough to come up with a system to come against it now yeah. and i love sport and i love a team that is clever enough to develop a system which is light years up front of everybody else yeah and the other teams that just aren't clever enough to to keep up, come up, sort of complain, which is boring, and and so on and so, but it's not boring, it's just that they're better than you at the moment. It's like Jose Mourinho in football. Yes, he came in, he just did something new, and took over, and just changed the game completely, Uh, and perhaps Pep Guardiola has also, had a similar influence in football, and and that's what, that's what Dave Brailsford, this guy has done, he's come in and said, let's rip the rule, we don't have to do it this way, this is more efficient, let's do that, and all the other, you know, the other teams they can, you know, and teams have done, sit and complain about it, and and sit moan and and do it or then get their scientists on it and and sort it yeah. out um, and, and and it's been born out of necessity I mean it's a slower tour now um, sorry to answer your question um, yeah. it's a slower tour now um, and in, in the yesteryear there was it was very attack attack attack. you'd see riders just attacking each other up mountains so one yeah. would go and see if he'd get away and then as soon as he was caught another would go and as soon as he was caught another would go and and now what we see is two riders just riding side by side up a mountain. Yeah, and that's because they can't do the attacks. That's because you can if you. They're not as fit. They don't have the lung capacity. They don't have the blood volume. They don't have what they had 10-15 years ago. Yeah, and that's for me the classic sign that cycling is cleaner and cleaner and cleaner is the way they're racing. They can't. They can't do the things they used to be able to do. And I mean, the data backs it up. Yeah. Um, half how often are the guys tested? Have they tested after every race? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's there's what what you call the podium testing. So pretty yeah. much, if you if you're anywhere near the top of the race, you'll be tested. Plus your random testing, and that's in racing. Um, but the, the most important system for me in, yeah. in drugs and uh, illegal drugs in sport is the whereabouts system. Yeah, um, and they're, of course they're all on the wider whereabouts system, which they should be. Um, What's the whereabouts system? The whereabouts system is a system whereby you have to for you have a, you have a login, yeah, and uh, username, password, you log in, and you have to for the you have to be available for one hour every single day. Um, wow. So you don't you can be anywhere you like. You don't have to stay at home. But you have to write in for that hour between 9 and 10, I am in that place yeah, with that address, and that's where I'll be. So, mo- I mean, most athletes, are clever enough, they do it between 5 and 6 in the morning when they know they're at home in bed. Yeah. So, most athletes will just put a blank 14-day period of between 5 and 6 in the morning, I'm at home. It gets yeah. a little bit more complicated when they're away racing but then they'll just have the hotel name of where they're racing or training camp. And then they'll just put in between five and six in the morning or six and seven in the morning.
1: I'm at that place. So that's Uh, for randomized testing.
0: And that, and and, and, you know, I've been on the training camp in Italy um, and we get that, we all know what we're getting ready to go out in the morning. There's a bang on the door and, two testing officials come in and follow the, the, the cyclist around and as soon as they walk through the door, they follow them. Yeah. So they'll never leave their side. They never do anything else. And, and then they go in and then of course they do the testing. Um, and uh, there was one period, one of, one of my guys, he was tested. I think it was three weeks in a row. So uh, when he opened the door, he just sort of said, "Oh, nice to see you, <laughs> nice to see you again." Um, coffee, sort of thing. are sort of becoming friends, but but they are testing a lot, and they yeah. should be. Uh, and the whereabouts system. It and that's an international testing system. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's not like yeah, in-house government testing, like not in the UK. No. Yeah. No. Uh, it, it, it's both. Yeah. You, you have your sort of national federation testing, yeah. and then you also have your. World international testing. Uh, and you can be uh, sprung on by by either of them at any time. Um, and, and really, without a whereabouts system, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, uh, we, we, we know you can be, say as it is, cheating um, all, all winter and yeah. making incredible gains. And then if you're just being tested at events, you can stop the sort of 14 days before yeah, yeah and exactly. you, you'll never get caught uh, and, you'll, and, you'll, and you'll always get away with it, which is the problem with um, CrossFit, for example. For example, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah. It, because it's a, as in CrossFit, because it's only that one one stage of season. So everyone knows where the season begins, season ends. There is in house, uh, they do do off season testing, but that will only be for a select few. Of the athletes who are the most successful athletes, um, but obviously a lot of people enter the open because it's open to the to the CrossFit community worldwide. So yeah. you're going to have a varying number of people who can can cheat the system. In the UK, it's uh, for a lot of the top guys in the UK, it is uh, less likely because a lot of the guys that I know they all register uh, with Baller the weightlifting association because they all compete in olympic weightlifting um, competitions uh, which means they're then liable for randomized drug testing all year round so if they're they're registered with that and um, they're going to get tested so if they are doing something then they're going to get exposed when doing it so uh, they're going to be less likely to be uh, to be on Steroids or yeah, cycling the drugs. Yeah. I mean,
0: we. I mean, that, that's that's one of the classic. When I say we've got statistical data for it, I mean back sort of fifteen years ago, uh, cyclists were pushing anything up to sort of six point seven watts per kilo yeah. over forty five minutes, and and now the guys they're not really over six watts yeah. per kilo. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an incredible percentile uh, fall off, and um, so so you know if you ask me is cycling clean uh, i'm not naive enough to think any sport in the world is clean yeah um, and uh, to defend cycling a lot i think the, the bad press has become because they've been so good at catching people yeah um, the 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 testing processes and the anti-doping processes that now exist within cycling are so good and so proficient they catch a lot of people yeah. uh, where in other sports i don't think it's less in other sports yeah, uh, I don't think doping. I th- don't think do- there's less. I don't think there's less or more doping in football, for example, than there is in cycling. Yeah, I just think that they get caught in cycling.
1: Yeah, um,
0: the in in cycling the systems there are to, to catch them, uh, and of course the incidences now in cycling are falling, on I mean, have fallen, fallen drastically and are falling even more. Yeah, um, I still think that there should be a greater consequence on the team, um, uh, as you know, Sky have that total. Hundred percent, no doping, no no don't policy, ban for life, you're out. Um, and I think if there was, I think the teams could do more than they do. Yeah. Although they are doing a great job, and, and it, it's coming, it's come a long way forward. Um, can you see? Uh, can you see a system or a a replicable system working for for CrossFit? Going forward, is there is there a way that, that that could come into crossfit? How would you manage that? Because of course, whereabout systems for for everybody who does the open in the UK, for just in the UK, for example, yeah. would be would yeah. be an incredible. But have they got a duty or responsibility to do that?
1: Uh, they should have, yeah. Um, but yeah, at the moment obviously it's it's an amateur sport uh there's not there's full time athletes that that are sponsored at the top end but there's not there's only, that's only a handful of people that are able to to the the are doing that so it's not that that blanket testing coming from coming from crossfit could you they, take the top 100 for example
0: should be able to i mean I would imagine the top yeah. 100 over the last 5 years hasn't changed a great deal no. There's lots no, of ins and yeah. outs, but there must be a sort of 25 30% consistency. Yeah, yeah. there will be. Yeah. yeah, that you would say, okay, if you're in that 30 40% and, and you're the guys who are taking the guys' places. I mean, that's the most important thing for me is that a, a guy who's cheating takes the place of a guy who's not cheating. Yeah, that some kind of management system there because if you, I mean, if you're cheating and ending up 150th, then you're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, you know, you yeah. deserve everything you get, to be honest. Um, but the guy who's cheating and then taking the place of someone who's actually working quite hard—yeah,
1: they're, they're the people we need to yeah. find and catch, aren't they? Yeah, um, for sure. Um, and The thing that obviously everyone has an opinion on it, and at the same time, what frustrates me there was a, there was a picture of Michael Phelps uh, doing his butterfly. And it showed Michael Phelps coming in taking gold and the person next to him staring at him. So looking over his shoulders, seeing Michael Phelps out in front. And the comment was uh, that people put to it was winners focus on winning, losers focus on winners. Yeah. And it's a great, what, it's a great quote. Yeah. What is seems to go hand in hand with that is people that Aren't successful, aren't qualifying, turn around and point the finger, yeah, at the people that are ahead of them and go, oh well, yeah, you must be on drugs, yeah, and it's like, and and people are just calling people, yeah, with no with no with no backup just for the fact that that person's out in front of them, yeah, it's that it's so frustrating because um, it happens to guys that I work with. The, the, the whispers of oh he's probably doing this and it's like hang on a minute I know this person and when you eat like him yeah sleep like him Dedicated, yeah train like him do everything that he's doing dedicate the time to moving well looking after your body all those little small intricacies of performance when you're doing all of that then stick the question out there yeah or maybe you're just not good enough yeah, but everyone, that, yeah. everyone's yeah. just looking at other people, and that's actually probably part of the reason why they're not been successful because they're too busy focusing on what everybody else, what, is, what doing. Everyone else is doing. Yeah. Um, so that's what frustrates me with the thing. It's uh, with, um, with the whole subject. Yeah. Um, is people just sitting back and calling people? Um, yeah. As well. Disrespectfully. Yeah, disrespectfully. Yeah. And I
0: think I think that's all. That, that's all. But the problem is, is we have been let down so many times. Yeah. And and this often my po- my point when I'm asked about the notorious, we don't need to name drop or, yeah. or we're, we're hopefully clever enough, we don't need to start pointing fingers at people. Uh, but some of the, the notorious dopers from from the. I've forgotten era area of cycling, uh, yeah. the erased era, <laughs> where no result, we don't have any winners for anything. Yeah. Um, and my biggest issue with them is they want to ruin their body and do that to their body and, and, you know, use the excuse, well, everyone was doing it, so I was doing it. Uh, which, I mean, in it, we'll come to that later in itself, it's just a ridiculous philosophy yeah. and a ridiculous way to look at things. Um, but it's not that, it's not what they've done to themselves or even what they've done to the sport at that time, it's the lasting consequence, in, consequence of that, those actions on what's coming up now. Yeah. Is that, that nobody can win anymore without this cloud. Nobody can just have a good day. Nobody can just train hard, be honest, win, and then everybody say, well done. Yeah, you know? And that's what they've ruined. Yeah. That's what they've ruined for me. That's my, my biggest issue with it, is not because of... Um, it's not because of what they did to themselves. Yeah, it's what they did to the future generations, and what we we you know what I'm putting my guys through. You know, yeah. snow four or five hours, smashing themselves, coming in, strength training, eating well, dedicating their lives to it, to then do well, to then be told, well, it's because you're on drugs. Yeah, because you're because you're a cyclist. Um, the money that has been lost in the sport. When I first came into cycling there was plenty of opportunities for young cyclists on what we call continental teams yeah um, and there was enough money to go around and the, the fashion was to have a, a small cycling team the local businesses had a cycling team yeah. where they gave some money and and you could as a cyclist go down to your local bank or you could go down to your sort of local supermarket even and, and say look can I have a few hundred pounds or 500 euros towards a uh, a new wheel or something, and they would be willing to do it to support a local talent yeah. because of what these guys did in the sport and the the name they gave the sport. Yeah. That 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 we we lost that from the sport. We lost that support. We lost that trust, and that's my issue with, yeah. with it. It's not necessarily that they they ruin themselves. They're allowed to ruin themselves. That's that's their prerogative. Um, that's their morals. You know, they they go to bed in the evening and have to live with that themselves. Yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the fact that they're selfish enough not to think about what the consequences of their actions are forward. Uh, and and that's that, that, t- that takes a lot away from the, the love of sport. Yeah. It, it, sport is about people doing things above and beyond what they're capable of. The classic example's the the Danish hundred meter oh sorry, fifty metre swimmer here in Ili. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about her. No no, no two months before um, she went to the Olympic, She gave up. Had completely just gone cold in the head. Had decided that she wasn't going to swim anymore. Had given up. Wow. Was persuaded to go and just went with a smile on her face. Um, went there and I, the, the raw, there was an interview. It was in Danish, of course. It was yeah. an interview with her uh, when she she qualified from the semi final in the fastest lane. Yeah. And the interview was, you know, you're so used to you're so used to athletes that say <laughs> that have the You know, the press training and they're so closed in the interview, don't get anything else. And the interview went over and sort of, you know, the usual stupid question, how are you feeling? (laughs) And and she sort of said, I'm so proud of myself. I didn't, two months ago, I wasn't supposed to be swimming and now I just swam and I did so well and I'm so happy and this is just great. And, and, (laughs) and now my mum's not even here because she didn't think I was supposed to be here because I said I wasn't going and now I'm swimming in the final and it just can't get better. And then she jumps in the final, relax, wins the, wins the gold. And, and no one expected it, and and that sport—that's the yeah. wonder of sport—but that's taken away from her by by people who have, you know, ruined Sporting's name in yeah. that respect. And that's my issue with it: is that you take away from what was just a wonderful, wonderful
1: Sporting day for a young lady. Right. Yeah. that's what, <laughs> what. you said in in that sentence there about it takes away. Uh, takes away from their performance takes away takes away that magic and seeing what the body can do but people then turn around and say oh yeah but just imagine what the body could do if we let them hold up but that's it's just it contradicts itself because the body can't do it that's why they can't do it that's why they can't (laughs) do it so it's not what the body can do it's what the body can do on drugs otherwise people will be running these times and people say oh yeah but it's more exciting it's like well how is it? How is it? It's like just because it's faster, but yeah, it's faster, but it's not the truth. No. Like you're sat there saying, oh we will see how fast you can get." Well, you're not as fast as that person anyway. So they're still the fastest person on the planet. Yeah. It doesn't matter how quick that time is. Yeah. They're the best at it in the yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a statement that baffles me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the
0: two things that the two things that drive me crazy on, on the doping argument is whatever everyone was doing at that time. So it's okay. Yeah. I mean if you apply that to driving your car when everyone's speeding so it's okay I speed um, and then when you do kill somebody you say yeah. well well I was speeding because everybody else speeds I mean it's not a it's not an argument that, that um, it's acceptable. acceptable it precipitates good <laughs> yeah. behaviour yeah you know it's just because because someone else does it I do it yeah it, it's not okay um, and it, it isn't an excuse and um and I would rather people just say that made a mistake, got it wrong. I'm sorry. I think there's a big difference. So we we often talk about there's it. a big difference between a young, 19 year old guy, and, and this is the sort of the, the the discussion we need to have as part of this podcast. Is the is the the British element or the British attitude towards doping, and it's simple: you get caught, it's a life ban. Yeah. Um where European and world doping agencies are it's not a life ban, you get another chance. Yeah. And there I think it needs to be taken case by case because because as a nineteen year old I remember myself as an elite sportsman at nineteen years old and you walk into I mean when I walked into the fitness room um, at the rugby club there I had posters on my wall of some of the guys that were in the gym with me. Yeah, these are these are my heroes. These are my idols that I had all, their autographs and their posters on my bedroom wall. While I'm standing in the gym with them, and one of those guys comes over to me at 19 and says, "Take this, you'll be fine." I don't know that I would have done it. Uh, I hope didn't never didn't got the opportunity. <laughs> I yeah. hope I would have been strong enough at that point to have said no. Yeah. But I could see why I might have said yes. Yeah, I could see the pressure that I was under there, and uh, the pressure that potentially. I could have been under. Um, for me, there's a huge difference there than being the senior member that up uh, the other end of that guy that would have, that, that potentially that was my hero that came, would have come over to us there. You know, the guy, the leaders on the team, the idols of the team, the stars, the people earning the money, etc., etc. When they're then doping, when they're then cheating, there's a big difference. There's an yeah. enormous difference. And I think there's a distinction for me between a 19 year old he deserves another chance he deserves to be punished because he needs to learn the lesson he needs to learn that's not okay you're ruining you're not just ruining yourself as I say don't care what you do yeah. to yourself you're ruining these for others but on the other side the the, the coaches the sports directors that, that, that are then pushing it on the athletes um, to say it as it is, he's drug dealing for yeah. me I'd see it no worse than going out to a nightclub with uh, a pocket full of cocaine and pushing it on kids. For yeah. me it's the same. It's just as bad. It's no it's just as dangerous for the body. and, and it's drug dealing. And for me it should carry jail sentences. Um, sports directors and coaches that, that, that are giving it and selling it to them should you it should carry it just as just as harsh a punishment as drug dealing in a nightclub should.
1: Yeah and no, I we've we've talked about the coaches the coaches that say what was the quote now? Uh, you're, if you fail a drugs test you're an idiot you're an idiot yeah. um, it's just like passing an IQ test Um you miss the point don't you? yeah someone who doesn't
0: understand sport it's someone who just doesn't get sport and what, what sport's about
1: it's so I don't know are we, are we being naive in a sense of seeing what the whole bigger picture is, like is it us just <laughs> sitting back and just all this is going on around us and we're we're the ones that are against all that and then you've got people like that out there just saying these things and just basically downgrading sport, downgrading athletes. It's it just baffles me. Are we doing something wrong? Are we just... What What are we doing? Jassi's face has gone red. For the <laughs> the um, arms are in the air the as well. The yeah, they're, they're, they're up
0: and um, his frustration there. I, I, You know what? Maybe we're naive. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I agree. I'll be naive. I'll be okay. I won't ruin a sport for the next generation. Um, and I will fight the corner and I do believe in the giving people the respect for what they've done and their achievement and innocent until proven guilty and I will back up the Chris Froome's of the world yeah you know um, and I hope with all my heart and I believe with all my heart I won't be disappointed in him <laughs> yeah um, but people like him I'll back them up to and, and I'll, I'll be the one that's naive that's fine call me naive call me an idiot that's fine but I can look my athletes in the eye. I can look my daughter in the eye, and I can look my wife in the eye, and they're not going to look at me in 20 years' time and say my dad was a cheat because yeah. because that's ultimately what, what 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 happens for me. That's the integrity of being able to look my kids, you know, my daughter, in the eye. And I'm fine. I'll be naive.
1: That's yeah. okay for me. How can your daughter like respect you? Absolutely. If all that comes out. Absolutely. Like, when is she going to? stop listening to you. She'll just go, all right, Dad, you cheated in life. Yeah. Like, you've you've lost me. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to anything you say now. Yeah. Everything that you brought me up to do, you, you basically... Yeah. Well, you know when she, she goes to school and punches yeah. someone
0: and yeah. uh, I said, I tell her off to punch someone, she said, well, everyone else is punching someone. Yeah. <laughs> well, carry on then. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you, you mentioned naivety. Um... I think, yeah, <laughs> and, and, uh, and where, now
1: let's talk about where the line is. Well, I mean, this is this is the thing, like, the coaches that accept it and are promoting it, oh, if promoting it's the right word, or just saying it's going on, so you're stupid if you're, you're not on board, or whatever that clown was saying in that article. Um, <laughs> like, what does that say about you as a coach? Like, you've, you've gone, you've educated yourself in in the science of sport in the science of physiology you've learned all these things and you're applying all that knowledge to an athlete like now by adding drugs in the mix you're taking away that achievement of the athlete and of your your experience and knowledge like you don't know whether you help that athlete be the best that they were be the best that they could be, or was it the drugs? Yeah. Did I understand their body well enough to mean to make? Did I understand their recovery, their their adaptation, their ability, their training plan, their nutrition, how they responded to yeah. to all the elements of training? Did I understand them well enough, or was it just the drugs? Yeah, like it takes away your achievement as well, Absolutely. like your your part in the. Your part in the of, of the plan so you just kind of downgrading your own uh, achievements as well yeah. uh, why would you why would you With want to do young, that and it's like decide- so there's three levels in it there's the young 19
0: year old there's the senior pro and then there's the coach and the severity of that goes that way I mean I I'm, I'm I've been for I think in cycling the team should be punished. If one of your riders on your team is punished, the team gets a year ban. It stop, so stop, yeah. stops doping tomorrow. You know, ban the entire team. And you know, anyone on your team gets caught doping. The, the team, put the emphasis on the team. Yeah. You test them as well. Make sure your athletes aren't doing anything. Um, or find the team or, or whatever it is to team punishment I mean for me it doesn't need to be a life ban for the young kids but it needs to be that we put a lot more responsibility and ownership on the coaches and on the people out there that are in charge of these athletes and, and ultimately the, the biggest influence in their life Yeah. I mean for an elite athlete you've got their parents of course but probably the person after that that's going to have the most influence on their life at, as a young age is going to be the coach that's pushing them yeah um, and there there's the ethical issue of being a role model. But where's the line? Where is the line? How far how close to the line are we willing to go? So a classic example is at the moment in it's very, very popular um, in cycling especially and in endurance yeah. sports is we've got this exercise induced asthma. yeah uh, which is a real thing and there's a lot of riders who are suffering suffering from it and the doses at which they're being prescribed asthma medicine comes under ethical question. We're not saying anyone's doing anything wrong. I'm I'm not saying it's a medical Because it's it's been medically prescribed, they've been tested, and it's been proven. But there are suddenly a lot of elite endurance athletes who have developed severe asthma, Yeah. that need medication to open up the lungs, to give them a greater lung capacity. We also have a lot of elite athletes, as you know, are in a lot of pain. Yeah. They spend a lot of their time hurting. And at any point, I could take an MRI of an elite athlete and find several places of, of inflammation. Yeah. So anti-inflammatory drugs, pain-killing drugs are the norm. Yeah. Um, We're far ahead in cycling that uh, you're not allowed to race seven days after a painkillin injection. It's still in your body. You have to have a seven day clearance after, which is great. So that stopped that. Um, But it hasn't stopped uh, cyclists racing on Tramadol, which is. A grade just lower than morphine, <laughs> right? Uh, for pain reduction, the asthma medicine there. So, so I mean, ethically, where where where, do the we, where is the line now? I mean, it's inside the laws. Yeah, yeah. The legal The legal doping, as it's called, that they're inside the laws. They're not doing anything wrong. Um, ethically, asking a, a, an elite athlete, you're not allowed to drive a car on tramadol, for example. Um, yeah. but you're bike. allowed to ride a bike in a final. At, 75 80 kilometers an hour. Um, so there's for, for me there's an ethical issue there as to how far are we willing to go as coaches yeah. to to support our athletes or to help them I mean everyone else is doing it so why not you know <laughs> yeah. just discuss that um, and and the, the long term effects of that yeah um, the long term effects of I mean, it's very well documented, painkilling medicines and addictions to painkilling medicines and, yeah. and how they are. I mean, we're, we're, we're treading a dangerous path there. Um, I mean, I think the use of, of painkiller medicines in racing and training and, and the, the level at which CrossFit athletes yeah. or cyclists are just popping painkillers to, to survive the day. Do we also have an ethical responsibility as a coach there?
1: Good question. It's a very good question, isn't it? Well, for, I mean, for, I can only speak for me and my athletes. Like, if my athlete's in pain, it's because I've done something wrong with the program. Uh, so I need to figure out what that is. is but I mean, you know, I'm just talking about yeah. pure muscle soreness. here I'm talking about yeah. the, you know that's you, what they the, the
0: the just your... justify it with muscle soreness. Well, well, no, no. They justify it by the fact that they're elite athlete, They have information at different places in their body, but the reason they're having it is because it helps them get through today. <laughs> yeah. Not because they're injured. Yeah. Because it helps them get through today. Because it, it desensitizes pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Where's the line? Yeah. Well, how far do we go with it? How far do we take it? And, and you know, there's the, there's the philosophy. Well, it's inside the rules. We do it. We live on the edge. It's an elite sport. We live on the edge. I mean, myself as a rugby player, um, I was I, le- I lived on the edge. The reason I don't, yeah. the reason when I get up in the morning, it takes me ten minutes to get off my bed, is because of what I've put my body through. Uh, yeah. and and I was on the edge. But I wasn't intelligent enough to be on the edge chemically in terms of yeah. painkillers and stuff, but in terms of training, in terms of pushing, I, I live on the edge. Is that is that? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not even forty, and I can barely get out of bed. Because but that's the thing... What it, I mean, where's the, the thing, ethical, moral
1: element there. Yeah. But that's the thing with, with the painkillers, then they're only going to be in a worse state. Oh, absolutely. Because... Absolutely. Uh, because they don't even know how much it hurts. Uh, and you see that with the guys that just use steroids recreationally in a gym. Like, they've got all these aches and pains, then they come off the steroid... And, uh, yeah. and then yeah, they lose. Well, apart from losing all the muscular gains and the water loss, and not happy, then they end up in pain. So they go back on the back yeah. on the steroids again, Absolutely. and it becomes a, an addiction. It becomes an addiction. Yeah. But, and as the painkillers do. I mean, we're probably talking yeah.
0: with the asthma medicine and the painkillers. Probably talking about two yeah. different things there. I just wanted to yeah. draw attention to there is the ethical issue of. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to see, and it will happen at some point. The doctors that are prescribing the asthmatic medicines to the cyclist that there will be at some point asked to justify it. Yeah. And at some point they will There's be called in front of ethical committees and asked, is this okay? Uh, and then there needs to yeah. be some kind of independent research done on, on that. Um, and again, that's not accusing anybody at all. It's just it's just facts. It's just that yeah. that's the medical process and it's how it should be. Um, But in terms of painkillers, that's very well documented. I mean, well, yeah. I mean you can buy. It. I mean, I can go. Forget me as a coach. I can go as a person. Just go and buy a paracetamol. Uh, yeah. I'm proving. I'm proving from from the supermarket. And no one can control my dosage. Yeah, I can. You know, that I, I can do whatever I want there. And I can train and pain and train and live through the pain yeah. and just live off painkiller, painkiller and become addicted to them. Um, so, in that respect, if you can do it yourself and you don't need your coach to do it, it's difficult to control yeah. it. It's very difficult to find out where the ethical, where the line is there. Um, I'm under, I'm personal, I've, I've used a lot of time thinking about it. And my personal philosophy is if I feel like it's something that will negatively impact the rest of their life, yeah, um, something that in 40 years time still is, is lying deep, either psychological or physically in them, then that's where I'll draw, draw the line as a coach. Yeah so um, asthmatic medicine if, if 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 my athlete was asthmatic and it gave us the edge it's fine for me um depending on the dosage
1: yeah
0: in terms of painkillers if they're hurting of course we take painkillers um, but if it reaches the point where i feel this could be every towards day. addiction yeah. every day then i'll try yeah. and pull my athlete off it and and i think also morally i don't think they should be racing yeah. On on, they should. I mean, standard painkillers we race on, but they shouldn't. be yeah. Certainly, for me, they, if, if the 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 element is serious enough that it requires tramadol, yeah, they shouldn't be racing. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully the cycling or the the sporting bodies will do come in and do something about that at some point. Yeah. I think
1: I uh, I'm with you. I agree. I think the only time I'd probably advocate some of it would be on that competition day, if it's yeah. within the laws of the game, and that race hugely matters. There's a difference between... B races and A races. C races. B races, A races, yeah. winning the end of the championship, or, or something like that, like taking your title, but relying on it every week, every week to come 150th in the world. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah, Addictive. It's yeah. Addictive, yeah. Nature. Yeah. The addictive nature. Addictive nature. It's like, it. yeah. why, why are you doing that to your body when oh, yeah. Yeah. you're getting... You're middle of the road, your average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing nothing. Absolutely. Um.
0: Red Pill Training are pleased to announce three extra dates of the Your Body, Your Athlete seminar, where James Dowsey and Phil Lansford will guide you through the unique assessment, biomechanical assessment procedure designed by themselves, used for their the athletes. 14th and 15th of April will be in the CrossFit Cardiff. The 23rd and 24th of June will be whatever it takes Fitness London. The 27th and 28th of October will be CrossFit New England, Germany. For more information, see RedfieldTraining.com and we look forward to seeing you there. So, I mean, I, I guess I guess we can't have a. Uh doping or uh, drugs in sport discussion without um, going a little bit political um, and yeah. we've talked a little bit about the 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 governing bodies and and i've praised cycling i think cycling is doing a great yeah. job i think it gets the bad press because they're catching people uh, and long way yeah. that continue um, and we've discussed that the, the, the for for me the idea of we'll let everybody just take drugs and let's see what happens is is because of purely because of the long term yeah. effects because of the heart conditions the problems we see you know people dropping down dead in the bodybuilding world of heart yeah. attacks after later on in life because of it's just not an option and yeah. um, both health and ethically morally is for, for me is wrong. So when we can take it up a stage then and we go and we talk about institutional doping and we talk about. The, Rio this year in Russia and and how and how they were banned or not banned or somewhere in some were out and all a bit of a mess really yeah. and no real clear clear definitions and appeals yeah. and, and everything else and personal people take it personally i mean for, for me the, the national bodies have a responsibility to control doping within their own countries and if you have Three, four, five, six. You know, the, the Jamaica yeah. with the sprinters there being caught three four. Again, as I say, with the cycling team, should be punished. We should be punishing the federations. Yeah. Is that right, or, or do you have a different opinion?
1: Oh, we I mean, look at, like, I say the UK. It has such a in-house testing policy, so there's no, there's no, there's no question on it. Whereas, if you're, they, they clearly knew it was going on, because how can so many fail? Yeah. Like, how can it be so big? Or, or they didn't know it was going on because they, they don't do the and, testing. And that's even worse. Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't know it's going on because they're not doing testing. If they're not doing testing, like, that's a... They're not yeah. doing in-house yeah. testing. That's yeah. a choice. And that's... Yeah. Effectively, by you ignoring it, you're... As the as the coach choosing to ignore or the, the body the choosing to ignore that process, you're basically saying, okay, our eyes are closed. We, we don't know what's going on. So... Kind of go do what you want. Yeah. And then we'll yeah. just go to the Olympics. Yeah. Like it's the same. Well, it's, I mean, not, I not telling that, them yeah. to do it. Yeah. Sorry. Not telling them to do it is wrong. But then not having any testing to monitor it is, is the same thing. Like yeah. you allow the same. Uh you're either well, pass- indi- directly or indirectly yeah. allowing that process to happen. So yeah. um, passively is it never, never stands yeah. up in a court of law.
0: You know, yeah. you can't stand a court of law and says, Well, I didn't know what the speed limit was, that's why I was driving at speed. Yeah. It's your responsibility to know what the speed limit is. Yeah. Um and, and so of course it's the right decision. Um and more a greater emphasis needs to be put on the governing bodies and the national bodies because it is them ultimately that can control it. It's also the, the culture and the culture of that sport or the culture of that of sport in that country is so important. Yeah that, you know that they just uh, yes we've been criticised in the UK for being overly um overly harsh on yeah. athletes that don't but the kids coming through they've got the message. It <laughs> yeah. won't be tolerated. You will be banned and you will have your t- sport taken away from you. And we did all right at the Olympics, didn't we? Yeah, we, and yeah, we did do all right <laughs> at the Olympics. Yeah, we did do all right. We did we did very, very well at the Olympics uh, with that system in place. But I think that's also, um, I mean, uh, again, we're not on the inside in that respect. No. Um, so so no. we don't know what's going on. and We can't prove but But they're winning with what seems to be a, a non-doping culture. Yeah. So, I mean that all is so that, that that's great. I mean that, that's how it should be, uh, and having that almost fear in, in kids that that it won't be tolerated, it's not okay. Um, so we agree with the decision to have uh, the governing bodies and, and the cheats to have them banned. Are you for the life ban? Would you would you ban them forever, or would you take it case by case?
1: Uh, it would depend on the level like if it's outright performance enhancing as in steroid based, everything like that on those ethical sides, if there's those things that where someone's taken a over the counter medicine um, that has the illegal substances in um, whether that's known or yeah, obviously that's finding that out is is difficult but if it was that scenario then it'd be case by case but if it was outright outright I took steroids I took uh, EPO growth hormone ANAVAR all these kind of all these kind of uh, things uh, drugs uh, performance enhancing uh, agents then <laughs> That has to be life ban because it's the gains you've made in training. It's the extra hours you've been able to put in. Uh, but the, I mean, the ban almost those things yeah. don't revert. Like right. you, you've made those one percent gains, and those one percent gains have, have got you above everybody. And like, we don't know where you'd be without them. So we don't know how much your body's kept all the gains that it got from them in the first place. So how can we ever see you performing on that stage again? Or trust you. Or, or trust or, you. Or, or, and all so you're things. for a life ban is what I'm hearing. You're for... For the, for the proper, yeah, for the hard, yeah. proper performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, so I mean, I think the, the biological passport is incredibly important. Um, and having that that passport is the key to future. Um and how does the biological passport work? It's basically a, a data score.. Yeah. So you, it's pretty much what we do with, with the data analysis of our athletes. So they submit the data of which of the watts they're pushing and the, the speeds they're riding at and, yeah. and over what time, blood volume vo2 max heart rates blood levels different yeah. levels of um, different levels of hormones and different levels of substances within the blood and they have a normal because yeah. of course the, the, what has been argued or can be argued in the court of law is that this person has a naturally high yeah. value of yeah. x
1: or y um and so like, like the female runner with the testosterone Yes. and uh, naturally high testosterone levels. So I mean
0: to compare that to the average and you think, well, this, this person yeah. is, is cheating. Whereas if you have over ten years or over five years testing and then suddenly it goes up by fifteen percent. Yeah. Then you know something something fishy is going on. So the the biological passport is very, very important to to have a constant thing. Yeah. I mean and, and that's ultimately
1: where 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 things come from. Uh, where um But could that be manipulated in the sense of how how you manipulate training, rest, supplementation, the health of the athlete goes up. The markers gradually increase. Yeah, but that would be fine. I mean, no, uh, they wouldn't. I mean,
0: no, not really. Uh, but you you do see fluctuations in it. Yeah, uh, and of course you will see that, that off season versus on season in peak form, blood values are are sort of course yeah. very different, but not to the extent where you could you would clearly see a spike in that area. You yeah. clearly see a spike. It'd be a significant a spike rather than a, a gradual increase. Improvement. Improvement. Yeah. Um, and, and we all, we, you know, we're top pros probably are improving 1-2% per yeah. year as a standard if they're, if they're either, if at all improving year on year. Uh, and then suddenly an improvement of 10% in performance. Uh, and again, performance data we have and blood value data we can compare the two. Um, what is... What is um, what is interesting is is how that system has been developed and has begun to take away the sort of those coincidences you were talking about there, where someone's gone and had a steak and then claimed, "Well, I had too much steak that night." So it yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Um, So so that I mean, we've had those cases there, and funnily enough, the world believes. It's possible for that to happen with steak. And because, technically, in a court of law, through a loophole, it can't be proved that it wasn't a stake. The person runs free. Um, yeah, it's uh, but it's another it's another story. But so I mean, the biological passport has been a crucial element of that. Could that be something that that, that you could see at some point being implemented into the cross world? Is it that they are sort of blood tested four five times a year? have to submit datas and scores and you could track the, the biological passport. Could that be a way of solving the, the, the potential
1: problem that's arising yeah. within CrossFit? Because because it, it would be like it would be, it would be possible. They just have to change how they apply the open because the open would then have to be right. Actually, not everyone can enter this now. Like if you want to enter this, you're doing this seriously you need to register as an app. Like you need to, they need to register and be tested before yeah. the season begins. But I mean, so you, know, you know light.
0: if you've got a chance of qualifying, don't
1: you? Yeah. So you can say, look, you can tick,
0: uh, you can tick a box. Yeah. that says, I'm doing the open because I want to see where I'm yeah. able to come. I'm doing the open with an intention of qualifying for for regionals. Yeah. And there, you've probably got 150 that yeah. the body well enough. So it's a manageable chunk of yeah. people. where you can say, right, that 150. I, yeah. I don't know who pays for that um, that's something that, yeah. that, that probably
1: CrossFit has a responsibility to find out um, yeah if it wants the sport to be clean then yeah, yeah. the responsibility for the for the sport absolutely yeah, it come, comes from there um, absolutely. yeah that, that would be the thing obviously then you've just got the different levels because there's the different stages you've got from the open to regionals and regionals to the games uh, the games athletes have to be tested all of them across the board all Don't, year round uh, yeah if, you, if you're that good yeah but uh, you've got the guys at the level where regionals is their that's their pinnacle they want to go from open to regionals and then that's where it gets a little bit more difficult that's where it's going to be difficult because like, now you've got an extra thousand people across the world that that needs to be tested yeah um but where might- does the line go there and that then becomes a gray area but, okay well people are people are doping to get just to regionals and then they're happy that nothing's going to go after that and they've achieved their goal and they've got their t-shirt, um, Would that, that wouldn't stop that and that would still make that a free-for-all. Unless obviously they then actually dope and then they qualify for the games without realising that they were going to get that far and then they get called out. Yeah. Um, Have we had any examples of uh, athletes in CrossFit being caught Yeah yeah a few people have been caught yeah oh, good so the process wow. is going so, yeah, so credit, going to, credit to
0: the to the organisation yeah. yeah, that are beginning that process yeah. um, because it's important for the integrity
1: yeah of that the sport, people fail. That, that
0: people are caught when they're cheating yeah. um, good it was interesting today interesting. yeah it's, uh, it's, a, it's a huge topic moral morals and ethics it's a philosophy podcast really yeah. isn't it and um, and I think I hope we've uh, Creative thought creative thought or, or also giving our views on yeah, yeah people ask for our views people didn't want us to sit on the fence they wanted us to say what we what we think um, and I hope we've I hope we've done
1: that um, but um, take it easy guys